You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Atlanta, back to work. VK over. Short work week. I love these short work weeks. And uh, Carl's on VK, so Rob the Maniac Tribble. Yes, the the uh, the most unstable man at Atlanta radio is filling in today. So we got four days of shenanigans, and we're going to make this kind of like a Falcon Monday today. So start the show, and good to see Squid Billy and Chris the Engineer, and a big hearty, hey, man. How was your Christmas, by the way? It was low-key and uh, wonderful. What'd you get? Anything cool? I got this uh, this nice little fleece here from yes, my girl's mom. Oh, I like uh, that. My nice. girl's uh, mom gave it to me. Got a lot of little knickknacks here and there. Going right. to get together my daughter tonight for some Vietnamese food and do our Christmas nice. thing. So, Very cool. all good, man. Yeah, the uh, the wife got me what would be best described as age appropriate sportswear. Tommy Bomb, the pullovers. <laughs> get the loud shirts. You look once, like the old guy at the beach. Once you're age, once you, once you guys hit age 50, this is pretty much all you get for Christmas. Get the white socks with the sandals on the beach, yeah. too. Apparently, my wife snaked uh, some Buckhead Betty at the last Tommy Bahama Georgia pullover. Do they fight over it like you yeah, said? Yeah, so them? apparently Becky saw it and grabbed it, and it's extra husky, so I could wear it to the champion, uh, semi-championship on, uh, on, on Christmas. Yeah. Or sorry, that's uh, New Year's Eve on Saturday. Hey, man, what, did, what was your impression of the Falcons? I mean, I was in the car driving back from Amelia Island, so I was listening on the satellite to uh, where you could get, by the way, if you're out of our range. NFL has strange rules about the app, so if you don't listen to terrestrial radio, you can always listen to it on your satellite app. And I was listening to Arch and Wes, and here in Arch, literally ready to jump out of the booth and strangle uh, Bill Vinovich. But uh, it's 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 frustrating to watch this offense just kind of sputter in the red zone. But I I, I think Rob I, I think Ritter's making improvements. I think he I did. So. Yeah, it, it was better from week one to week two. But my overall impression, uh, to quote that great philosopher and wise old sage uh, Grady Jarrett, same bleep, different year. Yeah. A lot of people saw that and said he's right. He's right. And he's the only thing we got on defense. I think. You know, A.J. Terrell is considered the second-best player, but I think he's been inconsistent at times, injured as well. So it's really Grady and a lot of guys that are rookies and guys on one-year deals that continuously hold opponents to 21 points or less, which is the benchmark for you're supposed to be able to win those games. Do you oversell that, though, because they have played some trash quarterbacks? And, I mean, the Ravens' offense, even with Lamar Jackson healthy, has left a lot to be terrible in the red zone, for one thing. No, but, I mean, you still have a shot. You're on the road. Look, we have our foibles. We have our issues. We know I don't need the refs piling on, you know, and, and having, you know, absolutely, absolutely no balls to make a tough call against the home team, even though they were painfully obvious thanks to replay, which always gets misused in the NFL. But uh, I just thought we, we could run the ball north and south. When we tried to go east and west, that's when it was just you drove us crazy. Anytime we tried to do anything outside, where, where do you think that was going to go against that defense? I know because that defense is so fast, sideline to side. Right. I said, why are you doing this? Why are you getting cute? Why are you outsmarting yourself? Now, I know that uh, a lot was made of Drake London and having another fumble after a nice catch. And uh, it's this, okay, it's the sleeves. They tore the sleeves off, which apparently. He tried to protect that ball in that particular he play, did, too. And, it and was, still they punched it out. And this was, I mean, as far as a punch out on a fumble, everyone, there's some guys that do it. 
the Ravens defense has been doing it since the days of, you know, let's be honest, go back to uh, to Ray Lewis and uh, Ed Reed. Right. But that was like a Mike Tyson punch yeah. out. So I was in the car, as I mentioned. I didn't get a chance until I got home to see and rewind during halftime. So I was like, okay, it's not as bad as what it sounded like. But it's still somebody's got to clean up. Now, once he did get the sleeves off, the guy was a machine. Oh, he was great. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that pick whatsoever. I mean, he was snatching things, making great catches left and right. You see the talent right there, certainly. Mm-hmm. Learn how to protect the ball. He's going to learn from that and be better in year two. I think you see the signs. I just wish Ritter had Kyle Pitts. I wish you had Pitts and Drake London and then in the role players, guys like Zacchaeus, et cetera, and would love to have seen what that could have been. And then, you know, because a lot of things in this offense and in, in how Arthur Smith designs it are tailor-made for some naked boots to the tight end and get Pitts involved. And right. you just don't do that as much with, with the guys we've got, Parker Hesse, et cetera. And troubles in the red zone. I mean, the, Michael Pruitt was so good the previous yeah. two weeks. I know. Yeah. Dump it to him, right? But then you get that. Then uh, Tyler Algier gets stuffed. He still almost found his way in the end zone. You see right. that after initial contact, like three yards behind the line of scrimmage, still almost squirted in, but then they also get called for an illegal uh, formation, illegal shift penalty yeah. as well. It's always something with this team that just brings everything down, all that momentum. Right. Now, again, you still got to score after they blow the grounding play. Well, there was also a pass interference play that wasn't called. You had the ball at the one, but it was a lot of things that were going on. But the, uh, the if you didn't see it, guys, I think by now we've had like 48 hours, it was the the intentional grounding when the ball is knocked out of Desmond Ritter's hands. It's and it was blatantly obvious on the radio. Did you hear that on the radio, Archer? I mean, literally, Arch and West. Did you hear? Did you hear Arthur Smith oh, on yeah. the radio? How is that, that blank and grounding? grounding? I mean, Arthur looked like he was uh, capable of violence. Right. That, I mean, his head spun around. Pea soup. Linda Blair. Whole thing. Just <laughs> demonic possession on that call. But it was so wretched. But again, Arthur Smith sort of became a meme this weekend around the NFL, but it was well-deserved. Anybody who watched it or took the time to watch those plays, and look, we've been victimized, and I understand. And I said it on Twitter today. I heard Steak today in the Steakhouse saying, look, your record is, as Parcell says, you know, the axiom, your record says what you are. You are what your record is. We have not scored more than 21 points in every one of the seven losses, seven yep. of our losses, we don't get to 21. The one game where... All bets are off with Cincinnati. That's the one game we're getting our butts kicked. We were getting our butts kicked against L.A. We came back. Still had a chance to win that game. And I get it. When we beat San Francisco here, they were decimated by injuries. But, you know, they still have some pretty good players on that team. We went into Seattle and beat the Seahawks. Right. You know, I mean, so I know that it's easy to say, look, we got a lot of issues, glaring weaknesses, and we played a bunch of bums at quarterback, like Taylor Heineke, to your point about uh, Caleb Huntley. But we've been in these games. We just need better offensive line play, and we need our receivers to help the quarterback. And I got to tell you, I still hate the fact that I'm only going to get four games to see what Desmond Ritter's all about. That's not a very big sample size. I mean, look at uh, well, look at uh, Trevor Lawrence. It's taken him about a year and a half, and now he has a real coach, and now right. you know what he is. Right. But he didn't, you know. But uh, Ritter didn't have the pedigree coming out of college. Mm-hmm. That Trevor Lawrence didn't, and Ritter didn't have to deal with uh, Urban Meyer either. But that—that's the point right there, though. We, I need a bigger sample size, but. I think, you know, two more games, you'll have a pretty good idea. And the fact that he was so much better than he was mm. his first start mean, means a lot. And then today on social media, because I'm talking to folks about what we're doing on the show today, it does crop up and it comes up, and I get it, and I hate it. But now that the season is, for all intents and purposes, or as my father would say, intensive porpoises, we're done. You know, we're, we're out of a playoff contention, even in this division was terrible. I still got two home games I got tickets for, and I want to see these guys win, and I want to see Ritter build on it. But then you start to say, but if we do lose these last two games, 
You start creeping and up in the start, top five in the draft. And then you start creeping up into, you know, maybe Jalen Carter, maybe, you know, a defensive piece. That nah, is, Terry Fonda will take that receiver from TCU. Well, you know he will. <laughs> <laughs> See, the thing about Drake is, you know, he, he's finally getting in, the, he's getting in the game. I mean, the stats have gone up exponentially since Ritter's. I mean, you've seen more interaction. He's you know? impressive. But then you've also seen, you know, the kid from North Dakota State in Green Bay, who was a second rounder. You've seen Pickett finally get the ball in Pittsburgh. You know, I mean, it's just, a, or Pickens, I should say. But you've, you've seen these guys that were second rounders, which was the philosophy, I can still get quality wide receiver that may take a while to mature in the second round, and I could go for the best athlete available, go get me that defensive piece. Look, only time will tell. When, when Pitts and London are on the field and we have them together with a quarterback that can deliver the football, then we can judge these guys' failures. Zach Wilson is a failure, okay? You had less than two years, and you know that guy is an absolute disaster. I don't I mean, know that about Pitts. his own teammates even hate Pitts, I mean, Pitts was a freaking pro bowler his first season. I know, but the thing about Zach Wilson, he looks like a, a, one of those villains in those John Hughes movies, kind of like a James Spader type. You yeah. just automatically don't like him. He looks like he went to Westminster or something. You just can't stand him. <laughs> That was Rob Trill that said that. By the way, I would say Pace Academy. But anyway, as far well, as. Well, Westminster's our big rival when I was at Avondale. We hated him, and I still do. My line on him is he looks like he should be in the Cobra Kai. He's got that. He does. Got, he does have that look. Zach yes. Wilson has got that punchable face. Yep. And we'll talk more about it in the Blitz. But for those that uh, didn't see, he's been shut down for the rest of the season. And, uh, he's persona non grata. And that's two top five picks gone from the Jets at quarterback. Right. Mike White's going to be the guy. Apparently. Yes. He may seem to like what a gamer he is, if you want to use that word gamer, but he apparently is that guy. Yeah, we got uh, plenty more to dive in around the NFL. The storylines about Tua and the concussion, we'll get into that. Because now a lot of people, even former NFL players, are saying, look, you got to shut him down. And the Dolphins need to win a game or two here to get in the playoffs. That was a huge I loss mean, for them. lost four in a row. Right. And, and he uh, and now... How much you want to say was because of the concussion. He was god-awful. He was throwing right. terrible picks, making yeah. bad decisions. You, you could say that. I mean, certainly it does cloud your judgment, your right. cognitive abilities. Certainly that could enter into it. It was interesting because uh, about Squid was like a month ago, we were at uh, Twin Peaks and Buckhead, and Carl and I and Squid, and we were all debating who are the top five quarterbacks. I Take away the uh, Patrick Mahomes, and who are the guys you want to start your team? And I said, I want to build with Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert Absolutely. is the guy. That's the guy. And Carl, was, you know, he can't defend himself. He's on vacay. But he's, he's saying he take two up. I want no part of two because mm. this is why, look, Flores had other issues going on down in Miami, but he didn't believe in two, and that's why he kept rolling Fitzpatrick out there. But two is now, he was very dependable and very good for a, a little while. But now you could say the concussions are starting to take mm. an effect. It could affect his fast-twitch thinking right. muscles that you need as an NFL quarterback. I mean, that could certainly have, a, have, a, have an effect right. on him. We're not neurologists. We don't pretend to be. But yeah. it just it, the optics on it were terrible. And I was arguing with Bo today about what exactly are these monitors supposed to be monitoring? Because the only guy, if there's one person in the NFL that everybody should be actually watching everything that happens to him, it yeah. would be to a tongue of Iloa. You would think. But I right. guess if, if he's not bleeding from the ears, it's okay. If you don't wobble and look like, you know, you know, you Joe the drunk staggering out of the saloon. <laughs> You're good to go. But we got a big show for you today. I've been on vacation, so yeah, I don't want. I'm not going to rehash everything <laughs> going on in the last ten days. But Tribble and I, at some point today, we're going to talk about what happened with the Braves and Dansby. Because the more I've thought about it, the more upset I've gotten about it. Really? Yeah. I'll explain. No, good for Dansby, good for the Braves. That's yeah. my take on it. You know who's coming up next? Big Chuck Smith, Joe. <laughs> got a lot of things to ask him. Who on that Falcons D line should be back next year? Who were his most intriguing uh, prospects at the edge and the D-line position? We'll get into that with big old Chuck next. Dukes and Bell, Rob Triple filling in. Well, Falcons playoff chances now at 0%. Rob Triple in for uh, Carl Dukes alongside Mike Bell, fresh off vacation. And 
Let's go out to the WadeFord.com hotline. Welcome in the one and only Chuck Smith. What up, Chuck? Hey, what's going on, man? Well, how you guys doing? How was your uh, Christmas? Good, man. Good, I asked, good, good. Asked for some good officiating and another win to get me that over. Didn't get either one from Santa Claus. But, uh, <laughs> by the way, uh, Chuck, you, you feel Ritter's – I mean, I don't know how much you, you saw, but you think Ritter's making some progress? I mean, I guess small progress because mm-hmm. we didn't win. Right. But, I mean, see, that's the thing that, Mike, we're evaluating this. The whole story is about Ritter. And, remember, they were still in the playoff hunt. But, to me, man, that's just like a – I just don't like the vibes right now. You know what I mean? We, we're there. I mean, there's so many other issues that we have, but you know, Ritter did, I guess, for a, a rookie. What is second? Hey, Chuck. Chuck, you. Okay, I was gonna say your phone was crapping out for a second. Yes. Yeah, you hear me? Yeah, let's. We can put you on hold for a second, redial, get a better sell on that, because I want. I know people love hearing what Big Chuck's got to say on Absolutely. Tuesdays and Fridays, so we'll get back to it. But, uh, yeah, and, and we'll ask him about Grady, too, because, you know, as you said, they're kind of born of the, the frustration of the last couple of seasons that every Falcon fan feels, and Grady, you know, vocalized it in the, in the locker room. All right, let's go back to Chuck, see if we clean that up. All hey, right, man. Chucky. Hey, sorry about that, guy. Much better. All right, let me, let me ask you this about uh, who is on the defense. Of course, you got Grady, Jarrett, and all these other guys. Who do you think deserves and should come back next year out of that group? Wow, that's a, that's a good question. I think the core group – from the D-line standpoint, I think, including the linebackers, obviously you got the young guys um, in the front seven, mm-hmm. but maybe Anderson, Abdullah Anderson, in a in a rotational role as a backup. Uh, Lorenzo Carter, if you can, I think he has value, but as a pass rusher, you know he's not a uh, he's not a number one, yeah. and what that means is you got number one, you got number two rushers, right? And I just think Lorenzo. I would try to find someone else. There's veteran guys out there. But really, it's not many of them I bring back. you got to bring back, obviously, Rashawn and those guys and Anderson at linebacker. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that. Right. But, I mean, I like Ogan Daisy. But where's the production? You know, I like Michael Walker. I think you bring him back. His, mm-hmm. his reps were severely limited, obviously, by Troy Anderson taking those reps. And even in the end, I was, you know, hoping to see – more of Ebikati. I think he only had what 15 snaps this past week, and I feel for Grady. You know, I really feel for Grady Jarrett because I have been Grady Jarrett. Some of our career mirrors one another. When you're the guy on the D line and you don't have the guys around you, and you get this, like he said, another different year, different year, same old ish. But the difference, I will say that I hope this organization can figure out. Eventually, Dan Reeves and the guys who are our coaches, they feel guys around me that were good. Travis Hall, Shane Jeanette, Dan Owens, Lester Archambault. I eventually got a gang of guys, and Grady Jarrett has never gotten that. And, you know, if I'm Grady Jarrett, because at that time before those things happened to me that really helped my career, there were times where I absolutely would have loved to go to the Niners. I would have loved to go to the Cowboys. And if you're Grady Jarrett, there's no way in your mind that you cannot be looking at these other guys that are your peers and feeling, wow, am I going to get me another opportunity mm. and looking at the other side not so, so bad. I mean, he's got a big contract. He's probably not going anywhere. But if I'm Grady Jarrett, I, I would be interested in moving on to another team if, because 
what what's going to happen in the next two years, Mike? Guy, right? Are we, are we going? Is he going to be the Bengals? Are we going? You know what I'm saying? Right. So I feel, I feel for young Grady, you know, in this situation, and any of the veteran guys that are in this situation. Now we've gone from worst to first in this division before, but I, I feel you on that. That's why last year I said I wasn't sure that Grady fit the 3-4, and I said let him go to a team where he can make money and have success, and I wasn't trying to get rid of him because he's the best player who brings it and he sets the work ethic. So when yeah. Grady finally throws his hands up and says same blank, different year, we all feel it. But you're right. Imagine, Chuck, if you had, if you had a time machine and you got Grady playing with Rod Coleman and Patrick Kearney and John Abraham, yeah. and then you're, now you're the 49ers. Yeah, and and, that, and that's so true. And let me tell you the hardest part for in that situation when you don't have those guys that come with you, because, again, I, I understand, is that your greatness and who you really are and your accomplishments will never be recognized. And they'll just never be recognized. So as good as we know Grady is and the national people out there say, man, Grady Jarrett, he's a good player. Well, Grady is actually a great player. But when you're on a team that no one covers, and I mean, listen, I watch all the talk shows. I listen to all the talk. You know, I watch the TV shows and listen. The Falcons, I can't remember the last time I've heard on the national show outside of them talk about the conference. They don't even talk about the teams. They talk about the, the, the lack of success in the conference. It's really frustrating. And that's one of the things, like, even looking like with the Pro Bowl this year. Man, I was a five-time Pro Bowl alternate. But if I was with the Cowboys, I would have been a five-time Pro Bowler. But – just like Grady, when you're on a team that's not winning, people evaluate you a lot of times with the team. So everybody gets bunched in together, even though Grady's been superb. He's been balling. And for them, you know, him not to be recognized, it's just part of being right now in an organization that doesn't have the national respect because the product on the field in the last five years hasn't warranted that. And Grady's just a victim of being a part of a, a team that's not winning. Man, you could uh, Grady could have a conversation with like Mike Ken or Tommy Nobis in that <laughs> regard, couldn't he? Right. Yeah, yeah. All right, here are some of the yeah. best edge and D line prospects you're seeing in the draft. Who maybe the Falcons could could get and enhance this uh, situation? Oh, I think. I mean, I like obviously Will Anderson. He's going to probably be in the top three. But the guy that I pinpoint, I love Miles Murphy, kid out of Clemson. I think the Falcons you know, go to some, you know, he can play in. He's more of an edge guy. I, I really like him. There's some really good ones out there. I mean, to me, this year, those two stand out. There's a few other ones out there. But, you know, part of what you're seeing, though, the, the to me is misleading. When you look at some of the first-rounders over the last few years, even, you know, the guys who go high and don't necessarily have the success, you know, it's those guys. It's the development phase too. You got to find the right, the right people. You know, when you look at some of the guys around the league, a good example is Max Crosby. I think Max was a third, fourth round pick. Um, that that's one that stands out. Even up in Detroit, guy we've talked about a couple times. We've talked about Mike, my guy that I love. I ta- I actually mentioned to the Falcons to try to get him late, and talking about James Houston. Mm-hmm. You know, up in Detroit, he has five sacks. Right now, he's got his, you know, and he's a rookie. So you got to find the right guys. They're not always the high picks right. guys. So it's, it's going to be a tough one. I, I wouldn't bank on saying, hey, if we get this guy, he's going to get us 10 right off the bat. But to me, again, for the Falcons, if there's a best available for those guys and he's that guy, but I wouldn't overreach. But I definitely know I'd love to see if I mean, you can sneak up and get Will Anderson or the guy from Georgia, which probably won't happen. Right. 
But I like uh, Miles Murphy, kid from Clemson, right out from this Atlanta area, would be a perfect fit for the Falcons in, in a way too early conversation. Right, right. But that's the guy that my thought. And it goes back to, I think we talked about this a few months ago, Chuck. His uh, big Chuck Smith joins us, guys, on the WaitForIt.com hotline. He will have it broken down seven ways this Sunday, pre-draft, a combine, everything Chuck knows, pass yep. rush, he teaches these guys. But it is not a robust free agency market unless you consider uh, being interested in the one that Carl always likes to make fun of from New Orleans. <laughs> Oh, yeah, sure, yeah. boy. So, uh, what's his name? I just went brain dead on it. The uh, draft pick from uh, New Orleans. So they, they mortgaged their Davenport. future on it. Yeah, Marcus Davenport. Davenport. Marcus, Marcus Davenport, Davenport and Jadavion Clowney are the one and two edge rushers in next year's free agency. So, that's crap. So, if we're going to improve uh, the draft, I mean, we're going to have to do it through the draft. We're going to have to get it off the tree, Chuck, not out of the barrel. And you said it, Lorenzo Carter, he is a guy that looks like Tarzan but just doesn't play consistently. And we have it. I thought, you know, Ebicady at some point would really take – some more traction and, and really blow up. But our guys, I think if we, if when you go second round, sometimes you don't always get it. Now, again, you just touched on it. Grady was a fifth-round draft pick, and you can do an entire show about all the busts in the first and second round we took on defense the last couple of years. So can Fontenot find us the beast edge rusher? Do you believe this scouting department can get that guy? Oh, I definitely think so. But I'm, I'm big on this as well. In the evolution of the NFL game, a lot of these guys are being developed. So you're not just going to always get a plug and play. Mm. My great challenge is for the Falcons uh, coaching staff, the assistant coaches. I'd like to see these players learn using moves, man. I can look at them and tell, you know, there's a deficiency to me in some of the, the development of the pass rushers. I don't, I've never seen a guy – I've seen Ogan Deji do a spin move – not Ogan Deji. I've seen Evan Cady do a spin move this year one time. Wow. But guess what? I know he can do it. But is it being developed? Right. Lorenzo Carter, he used a long arm rip last time and he got a sack. But to me, the Falcons, uh, it's to me, it, the most important person with this young group that they have is the assistant, is going to be the whoever's the head of the pass rush development. And in this new era, this can't just be, it, it's got to be something that's really important. The coach has to know how to teach signature moves. The days of just bull rushing and not running guys are gone. So many incredible rushers that are using signature moves. And when I evaluate most of the teams that get sacks and the guys that I deal with, they use moves. They're using skill. They're using multiple techniques. And to me, for Eva Katie and to me, from that, and Grady to continue his development, because you can always get better. But to me, Eva Katie and Malone, this offseason is all about the assistant coaches and their development, because I need to see more because they're underdeveloped right now from a move standpoint, and that starts with the coaching staff. All right, can't Ralph. you just, by the way, guys in the text line, I can't Chuck, just can't you go get hired by the Falcons on this staff? I mean, they got to raise raise your salary because obviously you make a lot of money doing what you're doing Seems right like now, it. not to get in your pocket. Yeah. But everybody, every time you come you know, on, Chuck, everybody wants to know why don't you just go up to Flowery Ranch and, and bang some heads together? Well, first and foremost, you know they have coaches, and that's their responsibility. I'm, I'm always here to help. I do I do get a chance to work with. I have 32 teams that I have players on, and I work with 17 coaches on different staffs as far as my system. But there's one team that, you know, I'm really not as much interested in working with is my local team because I'm a fan and I'm a former player, as well as I talk about the Falcons. Sometimes good, sometimes it's bad. So, to me, it's not a really a good fit, in my opinion, from, you know, from my personal life, as well as, you know, we're on the radio 
I just talked about their assistant, <laughs> line, their assistant coaches. They're like, yeah, come on up, Seth, and let's, <laughs> let's hang out, you know. So I want to be able to always, too, Mike mm. and um, Rob, I always want to be able to be able to be the voice of honesty and fairness for the Falcons. When they're doing good, I'm going to tell them good, but I always want to make sure that I talk about how to improve the situation, and that's what I gave, just gave you. And I think the, the eye in the sky, you know, doesn't lie. And so that's that's why, man. I'm I'm always going to be a, a voice for the Falcon fan, the supporter, as well as help develop the guys off the field. So hopefully, I'll get a couple of those guys. They'll come back and uh, get get to work. And because um, that's the next wave, also too. The people in my position of trainers, I'm with the players probably more than their coaches are, and have closer relationships. So in the new era, people like me have a seat at the table. I have a seat at the table with all the pass rushers, you know, that a lot of the ones we talk about. So I'm able to have an impact and help teams by not necessarily being a part of a staff because we are at the table now. We're, it's just, it's a, the trainers in America have – we start these guys in middle school and I take them all the way up till they retire. So this is the best fit for me. All right, Chuck, uh, quickly, about uh, 30 seconds left. First year I covered you guys, 96. You started off the year 0-8, and and I was up there almost every day in Sewanee. And the looks on your guys' faces, it's tough to come into work when you're out of it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is, unless you're a pass rusher and you're trying to get double-digit sacks. (laughs) But you know what? It, it, It is hard because in that room, everybody's not always rowing in the same direction. You learn a lot about yourself in this this kind of situation and especially for for me personally i hated it man being from athens being a guy from georgia i just wanted the fans to feel success so bad and i know a lot of those guys in there that especially like a grady or lorenzo carter guys that are from here it's like you're not only playing for the fans you're playing for your family because you can always be here this is where you live so i think that made it harder when you would come in there rob when guys like me be like yo man i'm not living in miami in off season i'm in atlanta and so I care about the Falcons. So I, hopefully, man, these guys will finish strong, and I believe they will give their best. Well, dude, I really appreciate your time. Today. Lots of good information, as always. That's why you're in our roller decks, brother. He's the man. He's the man. <laughs> Thanks, bro. Thank appreciate you, Chucky. It. All right, man. We'll talk to Chuck on Friday, preview the uh, national semifinal game as well. By the way, NFL and CBS uh, stats, Falcons, 37 sacks, 18 last year, 19 this year. It's the fewest sacks in the NFL by a long shot. The Raiders are the next closest with 60. That's how inept we are in getting the quarterback on the ground. That's, that's a damn shame. All right, coming up next, what I see is the, uh, the saddest demise to a great, great career. That's coming up next in the headline, Sports Radio 1990 Game. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Rob Triple in for Carl Dukes alongside Mike Bell back from his vacation in Florida Sports Radio. 92.9 the game. And, uh, man, Chuck Smith just a wealth right. of information. Like it, Clearly they couldn't afford him, but wouldn't it be great if he were the Falcons' D-line coach? And the reason I brought that up, every time we have Big Chuck on, everybody hits us up on Twitter and on our text line, by the way, which is brought to you by the guys at Solomon Brothers, 404 but, uh, yeah, I mean, he's been outspoken in his criticism of things that don't work, like Falcon fans, like because he's being honest, they like to hear that. But, I mean, there were times, I mean, he would offer it to Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn was, I'm going to fix this. Dan Quinn, Dan, I will fix Vic Beasley. Vic Beasley will work with me. And Vic Beasley's like, no, nah, I'm going to do my own thing. And, you know, and Chuck, had, and for years, as long as I've known Chuck Smith, there was this sort of, I don't know, reluctance to embrace the bomb squad because it came before Arthur Blank's ownership of the team. And it was almost like they went to a Super Bowl and Arthur Blank hasn't done that. And I'm not saying there was a concerted effort, but there was sort of a arm's length. It seemed like that. And that's, right? I covered, that's when I started covering that team you in agree? 96. And that defense was beastly. I can't even. All three right. levels were beastly. I can't even describe it. I know because Chris, our engineer, got here like last two years. I remember when we beat the Vikings up in Minnesota, and we're, we're on the field. I was on the field, too, that right. day, right. And yep. Travis Hall high-fives me, and I think my shoulder hasn't been the right. same ever since. Right. These And, again, this was the day of the big shoulder pads and big everything else, but these dudes were monsters. They were. Lester Archambault, Shane Dredette, Travis Hall, obviously Chuck. You had Biscuit. You had Cornelius Bennett at linebacker along with Jesse Tuggle. You had Ray Buchanan, big play Ray. You know, you know Eugene Robinson was one of the best uh, safeties in the league. We think of him more for the infamous – events right. at the night of the Super Bowl, but this was an unbelievably powerful defense that could just stop the run and get after the quarterback. And that was, I mean, and it's a, it seems almost like a dream, like how good that team was. And people don't even know. And half of the league, and I think half of the younger generation don't even realize how good we were. I remember we were 14-2 and two that year. Yep. The SEC championship, Tennessee plays Miss State, and all the Tennessee fans stayed to watch Peyton Manning play for the Colts the next day, and there was like 56,000 people at, uh, at Georgia Dome. Yep. And that was in December on the trip to the Super Bowl season. That, it was like, really, it literally came out of nowhere. And it's amazing how so many guys, and I've talked to Chuck about this many times, how many, so, how many, so many guys who coach D-line don't know how to coach it. They don't know how to do all the hand mm-hmm. combat and the, the spin moves. It, it's just crazy. It's just bull rush or nothing, it seems like. The, the coaching acumen at that position seems to be limited throughout the NFL. But, yeah, so that's why when guys get us up on the text, I know Chuck's in an awkward position, but you just love what you hear and you know. It's, it's not like Chuck is coming on the air with his guys and just, like, you know, potting himself on the back. He may – I'm not – again, I get out of his pocket twice in one half hour. He gets paid to, from the scouts, or I should say, from agents to work with their guys in the offseason, leading up to everything from the combine and the draft, and then he does individual workouts with teams as, as an independent contractor. So that's, that's what the, the level of experience he brings to the table. All right, let's hit some headlines. Strap in, youngins. In the headlines with Dukes and Bell. Brought to you by ATL Live Well. Low testosterone doesn't have to keep you down. We can help. Call ATL Live Well today. Don't just live. Live well. Well, the Falcons haven't lived well with their 10th loss being eliminated from the playoffs. Off day today. And 
Well, the only thing to look forward to now is just to see how our hmm. quarterback progresses the last two weeks. Otherwise, there's really not much to look at. Yeah. I mean, as a fan, I'm excited to uh, maybe beat Tom Brady in what would be his final regular season right. game of his career. That's the final game of the year. No, I think Rodney Harrison thinks he's coming back. And I've, I've heard that Gronk is even – Gronk is bored now. They may want to get the band back together yet again. Well, then they're going to have to fire Byron Leftwich because that offense has got awful. Yep, yep. It has been awful. <laughs> but anyway, but enough about them. We'll worry about them next week. Yeah. We get a Cardinals team, which is absolutely dead in the water right now. Well, they might be looking for a coach as well, right? Mm-hmm. With Kingsbury, he, right. And, uh, he and Kyler Murray have not been getting along. Kyler Murray out with an injury. Yeah, Arizona's got some issues of their own, certainly. But, I mean, the offensive line has done a better job running the football. By the way, I don't want to make it all doom and gloom in this half hour. We've talked so far about the Falcons. One thing we've got, we got a guy who could be a 1,000-yard running back. Yes, we We've do. got our running back. We don't need to go. We got guys. Well, we should talk. Uh, talk to the Josh Jacob. No, we don't need anybody. We're, just, we're not spending money on running back. We've got our running back. We've got the running back here room set now yep. and for the next four or five years. And what we've got with Tyler Depth too, by the way. There's depth right. behind him. Effective guys behind him. Offensive line. Caleb McGarry. What are we going to do with him now? He's having his I th- best I, year. Yeah, I still think he can do better. I think maybe you can too. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, but he has, yeah. he has played quite well. I think and, we can do better at center. And Lindstrom's a big, yeah. yeah. For sure. Clearly, Dahlman just seems right. – or does he get better in another year? I, I don't know. There's so many needs on this team, so I, I but don't I mean, know. And for guys who missed it earlier, we'll talk more about this throughout the week. But what I was talking about with Mark – thanks for the squid. I, I went brain dead on Marcus Davenport. Well, who cares? He's a saint. But Marcus Davenport and Jadavion Clowney are literally the top two available free agents. And Jadavion Clowney, I wouldn't touch with a 10-foot pole. No, I would not either. And, you know, it's just to me, you've really got to go – you and I were just talking during the commercial break. We need that Micah Parsons. You've got to find a Micah Parsons wherever we draft, or you've got to move heaven and earth and go get what the new phrase in football, I use it in the Army and the military, is a force multiplier. Yeah. And that's what Jalen Carter is. He makes Imagine him and Grady in the middle and what, how much man. better we would be with a guy like that busting through like the Kool-Aid too, man. Too bad he's probably going to end up out in Seattle. Right. A sad ending to a, a great career last night, I'm thinking. Uh, Matt Ryan, a healthy scratch. Colts lose, and uh, Nick Foles mm. just looked horrible in that game, too. 17-29, 143 yards, three interceptions, and... Well, clearly, things did not pan out the way Matt Ryan thought they would up there in uh, Indianapolis. <laughs> Remember, uh, we did, uh, Carl did an interview, I did an interview with one of the Indianapolis stations about how what you're getting with Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan goes in that locker room and goes, man, look at these offensive linemen. These guys, I've never had a line like this, save mm-hmm. maybe 16. And all the high, all the excitement. Now, they were a little thin at wide receiver. They were, but, yep. But, man, what an unmitigated disaster. And all the good uh, the good mojo from Jeff Saturday and that upset win over the Raiders has gone out the window. It's the worst football team in the league right now. And the bad thing is Matt has those two losses now stuck on his resume. The largest collapse mm-hmm. in, pre, in regular season history and the largest collapse in Super Bowl history. Not necessarily his fault. I mean, right. he doesn't play defense, but that's just the way it is. That's a pock upon his Hall of Fame resume mm. house, my friend. It is kind of like the football card of your favorite player that has that one team on the after you know fourteen years of one team and Jerry Rice as a Raider or a Seattle right, Seahawks. Right, it's uh, it, 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 it's sad, but that's football, my friend. Hawks playing the Pacers tonight, first of a a back to back. Then of course tomorrow night Brooklyn comes to town. We'll be broadcasting live. They're looking forward to that. Yeah, guys, a squid same spot as last time. We believe we're going to be right behind the Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, that's our spot now. That's where we uh, that's where we hang out now. So when you see the ta in Atlanta, when you walk into State Farm, we'll be right there. So get down here early, say hello. Maybe we'll have a cold one with you, but uh, yeah, Rob will be in for Carl. So it's a big game. The Nets are the hottest team right now in the NBA. Yeah. First things first, they've got to beat the Pacers. And again, Murphy's Law with the schedule. The Hawks have been off for three days, and now we've got to go back-to-back. And not to mention, uh, they've had some issues winning on the road as well. And the Pacers are, what, what are they? They're a 500 team, but guess what? They can still mm-hmm. beat you and 
Hawks had a pulse with a victory the other night, but uh, everything clicked. I mean, Trey looked yeah. good. Jadavion, I mean, should, I should say Dejounte Murray looked good. Everything was kind of flowing. So that's probably you know that's what that's what you're supposed to do. Put 130 on a team like the Pistons. But we were uh, Carl and I were really discussing the dysfunction of this team. And uh, did you hear? Um, did you hear Nate's uh, soundbite last week? He just sounded so deflated, so defeated. Mm. I just can't relate to these kids anymore. It's almost like he was uh, just sitting doubled over, looking straight at the ground when he was given that soundbite. So he was a thoroughly uh, just beaten up man. There seems to be a lot of dif- dysfunction in that locker room. Right. I hope that's not the case, but that seems to be the case. Other than tweeting out dog pictures during the vacation, I did see uh, I was interacting with some folks about Trey Young, and there was an article that came out. More trade rumors, and you know, unnamed personnel person says somebody wants Trey. Look, Trey is never going to be, at least I don't think he's ever going to be that alpha dog in the sense that he's going to be the leader that says, guys, rally around me. And that's fine. Some guys don't give a crap about that. And this is the NBA where Nate's eventually, if we don't improve, we're going to get fired. And I don't I don't understand. I mean, Travis Schlenk kind of got kicked upstairs, and that was his prerogative to move away from the position as general manager anyway before the season out began. The, out of the building. Yeah. I mean, a, a consultant in air quotes. Is, is Travis even showing up to work? Nobody, gets, I don't think nobody so. ever gets fired in this town. There's always some kind of semantics involved. Yeah, but yeah. it seems to me like wrestlers going, what are we doing here? I've spent all this money. I've given all these contracts. And what are we doing? We're flat. <laughs> so, and again, one of my resolutions in, uh, I was telling Squid Billy, the gloves are off on everything when it comes to uh, players in this town for me. I'm sick and tired of having a pre pre. You know, no, you, no one's coddled now. No, you've got to do this. We've talked about this. You and I have talked. Carl's talked about it. You've almost got to do this preamble. Well, you know, he's a really good guy. Yeah, we all know what Trey's capable of. We saw it two years yeah. ago, but I haven't seen it since on a regular basis. Well, it's like that. Um, his greatest trait was that chip on his shoulder, right. being the underdog, the undersized guy coming out of college. And now, and I was saying this last week, it's almost like he feels like he's arrived now. Now that he's getting national exposure. Right. It's like he has he has a lapse in uh, the won't to. So yeah, to and again, I don't know if there's any direct correlation with getting the guaranteed money and all that. I never want to get, as I said, don't want to get in his pocket either. But I just need. I have always expected the guy who is the star that you build this thing around. He would be by default the leader, and he's not. And I don't think he ever wants to be. And I was mentioning with Carl last week, some unnamed yeah. NBA coach yeah. came out and said, uh, "Well, Trey doesn't like the coach. Coach doesn't like Trey." A lot of players in that locker room aren't too fond of Trey. Yeah. No, he's a diva. Yeah. He is. I mean, like, like, but here's the thing. Newsflash, 90% of everybody in the NBA is a diva. Yeah. It's okay. You can diva it up all you want as long Just as back you're it winning. Up. Right. Don't, I don't. mean, look at John Morant and the Memphis group. They're talking all that trash. And they, Golden State comes in. Here you go. Bam. Shut up. And there you are. They, they've got title aspirations yeah. in Memphis. Yeah. You can be an N one video in a regular season, but we're, we're the boss here. You know, the, the bad Boy, thing is. A slow pace. There's some measurables that have been better this year. Defensively, the team is better than they were last year. They're they're rebounding better. They're shooting much worse. The thing is, when it gets down to the Hawks, like everything else in Atlanta, it's the one city where there's never ever the simple cut and dry. Oh, I see. This is why we do. This is why we're not winning. No, there's a number of things. Nate does a lot of screwy stuff in his rotations. Mm-hmm. Nate's half court offense sometimes has no identity. Dejounte Murray was brought in, and all of a sudden Trey can't shoot without the ball in his hand. So I mean, all these things that have happened. It's, you can certainly blame that you can blame the, the framework, the blueprint, certainly the execution. I don't know why Trey's three-point shooting has gone abysmally bad this year. That's not on Nate. Well, we have a coaching casualty in the NFL, and it might be time for this uh, particular quarterback to consider just hanging him up for good, for his own good. 
That's next. Dukes and Bell, Rob Triple filling in for Carl. Gloves are off. Gloves are off. Gloves are off. Sports Radio. We're flat. We're flat. We're flat. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t